What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the kingdom and wait, get in the trenches. <laughs> you got <laughs> to listen to this if you want to be saved. This is what happens when you multitask. Yes, it you're is. trying to look at your phone while you're also you, doing that. If you want to be born got, again, you have to listen to in the trenches. I got cocky. That's what happened. You got, got cocky. I was like, ah, I don't need to pay attention. We're sending you do back this. down to the miners. I can just do this in my, you know, in my sleep. I know. <laughs> like maybe I need to be put out to pasture or something. Somebody, oh, somebody else needs to do the intro for no me. No way, man. No way. All right. So, uh, Matt, what's going on, man? Not much, dude. It's a. It's been a. Uh, I shouldn't say that. It, it. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. But it's a. It's been a busy week. But God is good, man. I walked into your office back here, where we record, uh-huh. and it's looking emptier and emptier. It is. Rowdy's setting in, homie. Yeah, it is. I know. We had a garage sale uh, this week, and we yeah, made, man, we made a hundred and eighty-five dollars. Wow. So when I saw you on Saturday, you guys only made thirty-nine dollars. Well, that's the because first we sold two expensive items. We sold uh, my wife's old Wii, and we sold a Keurig, <laughs> and so that's like most like hundred and fifty out of those dollars was from the those Wii two and things. Keurig. The brought Wii and it the home Keurig. for you. Yeah. So I wow. switched to pour overs now. I, I've gone away from the career. Oh I'm gosh. becoming more of a coffee. You're smell. so cool. I am cool. You're such a church planner. I'm a church planner. You're such a hipster. Uh, mm, no, I'm not. I don't like that. I don't like being called a hipster. I got my pour over today, too. And your McCafe pour From over? McCafe. It's a new French place <laughs> down the road. <laughs> a new French place. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, man. Reality's setting in. We're, uh, we're It's less than a month. What is it? Is it June 20th? Yeah. So July the... 6th, right? The si- No, the 14th. 14th. July 6th is my going away party. That's right. That you're going to be at. Yes. And bring expensive gifts to. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Awesome. So you're going to... You won't miss... Um, or you will miss the 4th of July celebration in, in America? In, in, in D.C. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just by a note. Just by a nose. Yeah, that's all right. I'll be there for it next year. You'll be there for I'll it I'll be here year. for Canada Day this year, though. That's true. It's exciting. Cool. Well, hey, man, we've got a special guest on today. Uh, Aaron Taylor uh, is with us. Aaron is uh, the teaching pastor and the the planter of Living Hope Church in Columbus, Ohio. It's actually the area where Aaron grew up. Go Sooners. Sorry. <laughs> okay, that has nothing to do with Sorry. Columbus, Ohio. Do you remember that so. one time Baker Mayfield planted that flag at the 50-yard line? Oh, oh man. I'm sorry. Are we starting off? You right. know, and ba- Baker's off. in the news. <laughs> Baker's in the news again because he's talking smack to a college kid. But Ohioans have come to love him once ba- more. Baker's like going to the news, like talking smack about Sa- Sam Ellinger. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> why don't you like worry about like your pro football career? Horns down, talking, baby. Talking smack. Boomer. To Horns yeah. down. A grown man talking smack to a Horns down. Kid. Big, big Texas man. sucks. Big man, Baker. Except big for man. our partners in Texas. Okay, anyways. So after. Matt just rudely interrupted Aaron's. <laughs> How rude! Aaron's, Aaron's bio ridiculous. that I'm trying. It is ridiculous. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm sorry about that, Aaron. So, like it's I was good. saying, Aaron planted uh, Living Hope Church 17 months ago. They're off to a great start, uh, and he's uh, Aaron graduated from Liberty University uh, with a Master of Arts in Church Planning. I just got my Master of Arts in Church Planning, but wow. not from Liberty, oh. from Southeastern. Uh, and uh, Aaron served at three other churches in Ohio. So. 
Hey, uh, Matt, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, so we actually got connected with Aaron because you met him. Um, maybe it was a little over a month ago. Yeah, I met him in person a little over a month ago. We have a, a fellow partner. I think Aaron was on staff there. Um, yeah, at, I was. At, at Urban Crest. But right. yeah, man, just um, I, I, I heard of Aaron and kind of I, I try to kind of, you know, keep it on guys that are doing well and just kind of follow them. And so I've been following from a distance a little bit. And um, Jeremy Westbrook is a mutual friend of ours. And Jeremy started Living Hope in Marysville. Uh, Jeremy and I served together in the city of Memphis. We were okay. both called Young Singles Pastors. And so Jeremy uh, went out there and and um, I, Aaron will tell more about that. But uh, right. as a product of that church plant. And um, so, yeah, man, that's we've just been following them. They've been killing it, just doing really good things. And, and uh, somebody uh, on social media reached out to us and said, you should have... Aaron Taylor on uh, the podcast, and we said, "Yeah, we absolutely should." He's doing good stuff. It was stuff. the Send Columbus Twitter handle. Oh, was it really? <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what our listeners. Need I paid to, them off. Here's what our listeners need to know: Aaron actually runs the Send Columbus <laughs> Twitter. <follow. laughs> don't just, tell, man. Don't, don't tell. tell. Don't tell. It's That's all good. coming together now. <laughs> yeah, no, man. We've been watching what they've been doing just uh, from up here up north, and just been doing really good things. And so we thought it'd be good to connect with them. And uh, let them talk to our listeners. Well, hey, Aaron, um, why don't you just kind of share with us the backstory of how Living Hope Church got started and what God's doing sure. today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I actually got called to church planting about 12 years ago. Wow. Uh, so I'm, I'm 32 years old. Uh, got called on a backcountry road in Lancaster, Ohio, just southeast of Columbus, and uh, had a personal conviction uh, that I wanted to be 30 years old before I actually pursued church planting. It wasn't spiritual, just felt like that's that what I needed to do. That is super counter-cultural <laughs> to like most young people. Most young people yeah. are like, oh, I want to do it tomorrow. Yeah. But you oh, said, absolutely. I want to wait till I'm 30. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 So just knew I had a lot to learn. And, uh, you know, so so that's what we did. That's probably uh, why so you're Jeremy, doing well, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, Jeremy hired us in Marysville. Uh what, like five years ago or something like that. And uh, it was pretty cool. He actually hired us with the intention to send us to plant a church. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of walked along with them for about three years. And uh, then he said, all right, man, we think it's time. And we think we have the Lord's blessing to release you to start this process. And so we started gathering a team in our living room. Um, and it was right about that time. It was kind of weird how everything happened was when Jeremy transitioned down to Florida uh, to be a multiplication pastor at Calvary Church down there in Clearwater. And uh, so our model kind of shifted. Initially, we were going to be a campus model uh, mm. uh, where Marysville was going to kind of serve as like our, our mother church. Yeah. And we'd be a campus of them. Uh, but with his transition and new leadership uh, that kind of took over, uh, we kind of operate similar to the fellowships and that we're kind of a network now. Yeah. Uh, so we, we function totally independent of, of the other Living Hope Church. Uh, make our own decisions, have our own elders and deacons and everything by ourselves, but uh, choose to cooperate with the church up in Marysville on, on some things as we move forward. So awesome. Uh, a lot shifted for us, but the Lord kind of, he's blessed that in the process. So it's been fantastic. Jeremy, how many living hopes are there in that area? Uh, there's just two right now. Okay. But you guys have planted multiple churches, right? Uh, we helped plant a church in Worthington, Ohio. Okay. And then we've we've kind of sponsored and supported several churches across the city and, yeah. and a couple other ones in Ohio as well. Do you guys see, uh, are you guys seeing like potentially doing something like what we're doing up here with the fellowships though and continuing to plant more Living Hope churches? 
Yeah, we really would like to. So uh, at our location uh, there in Columbus, we actually have a, a worship guy and a couple other guys that we're raising up currently. Um, so we don't really know timeline at this point. We're still trying to figure all that out. It's all new for us and we've never done this before. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's definitely part of the conversation that we want to reproduce ourselves sooner than later. Yeah. So yeah. We're just trying to figure all that out right now. Sure. Man, I know Jared's got some other questions. I just want to ask you real quick yeah. when we're on this subject, um, how you got started. So we met in person about a month ago near Cincinnati right. um, yep. at Urban Crest. Now, Urban right. Crest, tell me your relationship with Urban Crest because, man, I was just... We come from, uh, my family has an incredible sending church. Um, Jared's got a great sending church. And uh, we always like to, on this uh, on this podcast, we like to talk about, when we see good, when we see sending churches doing things right, we like to talk about them. Yeah. And we want to give a shout out to Urban Crest and Pastor Tom, because, man, tell us a little oh. about Pastor Tom. That dude just, as first time I met him, he just struck me as just such a... I mean, you got. I told you this, but that church is out in the middle of nowhereville. I mean, like it's nowhere. God's got His hand on it, man, and it's it's yeah. just incredible. So, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Pastor Tom and that church. Yeah, so I was on staff there for a few years uh, with Pastor Tom Tom Pendergrass, and he is probably one of the best leaders in our country uh, yeah. as far as church ministry is concerned. Uh, part of his story that he doesn't tell people often is, you know, thirty or so years ago, he was in a car accident mm. in Florida where a semi-truck came across the median and plowed directly head-on with his vehicle. Yeah. Um, so he spent six months in the hospital, over 30 years. He's had over 60 surgeries. Yeah. Um, just to, I mean, he's like a bionic man. Like, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. Um, but the Lord, he's just one of the most humble guys I know and one of the greatest leaders. And yeah. when he started at Urban Crest, they ran about 100 folks. And uh, they're well over 1,000 now, baptized well over 1,000 people mm-hmm. over these past 20 or 30 years. And uh, I think what separates Urban Crest from a lot of churches is they're just heart for the community and missions. Yeah. As a church, uh, their presence in Lebanon is like unmistakable, mm-hmm. um, but also their presence globally. So they take over 30 mission trips a year around the world right now, yeah. just sending teams all over the place. Um, but then their presence in church planting, I mean, they're sponsoring churches left and right all over our country, all over yeah. North America. Yeah. And so um, just an incredible church. And so just to serve there for three years and learn um, and observe and just see how he leads that. Yeah. Priceless. Priceless. It's, it's so awesome. I think it's good for our listeners. The reason why I brought that, I wanted our listeners to hear too, because I think so many times church planners, we go into things and we're like, I'm going to do this and stuff. And I know my mentor, he would tell you this, like, I'm not... My pastor would say, like, I don't know how to plan a church. And Pastor yeah. Tom would probably say the same thing. You know, he wouldn't Absolutely. tell you how to necessarily plant your church. But men like that are priceless in our lives. Men that teach us how to pray, men that teach us how to abide in the spirit. And those are the things that separate church planners from being successful and not not how 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 great you are at ABC, you know. So right. it's good, man. I'm glad you got that relationship with them. Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, so Aaron, um, one of the, one of the things that I was interested to ask you about is, you know, you grew up in the Columbus, Ohio area, right? Yep. And a, a lot of guys, uh, when they feel the call to church planning or, or something like that, they uh, naturally look elsewhere from home, right? They want to yeah. go somewhere, but you uh, felt led to plant in your own backyard. What what right. led you to that conviction to do that? Yeah, so so our story is a little bit unique in that uh, since we were on staff in Marysville uh, for a few years, that with that intention to send, 
um, that they, they told us like, Hey, we want to send people with you. Mm. Um, and we want, we want families from our church to be part of what you're doing. Uh, so when we were looking at locations, like we knew Columbus, uh, but we basically put a pin down in Marysville. And then we started looking at communities that were within a 20 minute commute. Um, so we had families that were going to be part of our launch team that had young children, kids mm. in school, um, that uprooting their lives at this point may not be an option for them. And so we wanted to, to plant in a community where they could commute, but also where we could really consider just being a regional church. Um, so that if we decide when we decide to plant churches in the future, um, that we can start to funnel people from our church to those communities as well. And uh, so we actually looked at five different communities in Columbus um, and really it just came down to uh, where the Lord opened the door. Like we didn't believe there was a wrong place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if the harvest is abundant, there's not a wrong place to plant a church. Yeah. And so we didn't think we could choose wrong. It was just, hey, where, where's the Lord going to open up a, a place for us to meet? Where's he just starting to establish some relationships for us? And for us, that was the Dublin and Powell area mm-hmm. right there in Northwest Columbus, 20 minutes from Marysville. Um, and so to this day, I mean, we've had families that come from Marysville that weren't part of our initial team that now come to our church because it's only a 20 minute drive. Yeah. And so. Uh, and we have the blessing of Living Hope in Marysville about that. We have people from Dublin that are driving to Marysville for church. It's we're on the same team, so it doesn't really matter to That's us awesome. how all that functions. That's awesome. So, yeah. Good, Jay. I was just going to ask you. So, what has been the most surprising, or maybe unexpected aspect of this church planning journey so far over the past seventeen months? Dude, you know what's ridiculous and frustrating is you realize how awesome you aren't <laughs> in church planting. Yeah. Wow, that's you a relief. I, mean? I thought you were about to say how you realize how awesome you are. I thought, oh man, this episode. No. <laughs> Dude, I if you realize how question, awesome you she are. Might tell you that. Yeah, but. your mama should say that always. Yeah, yeah. But no, like you, you realize how fast, like how great, and like you aren't, uh, how awesome you aren't, and yeah. how much you don't know, like really yeah. fast. Yeah. So I think back, like when we launched our church in last year. Uh, we grew it like down 50% by week two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that'll happen. You you launch big and you're like, Oh man, we're going to break the trends. Like we're going to be the story that Nam posts all over the Annie Armstrong offering. (laughs) This is going to be incredible. And then like week two, 50% of the people show back up and like week three, it's like 30%. You're like, okay, maybe I don't even call to this. Yeah. I'm just going to go be a Walmart greeter or something. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yes, you just, I think you learn like the holes uh, in your Mm. leadership holes in your character, um, just the holes in, in who you are as a leader. And man, it, it forces you to grow really fast yeah. and to uh, uh, really just depend on the Lord and, and trust him that he's got to grow his church and there's nothing that, that we, we can do to make it grow. We just got to trust him and mm. work hard. And uh, yeah, that shocked me, honestly. <laughs> That's and, good, uh, man. It's like, you just don't expect that. Yeah, man, you don't. No, I don't think any planner does. No matter, it's like your kids, no matter what you say to them, it's like, you know, we're going to break the truth. That's a funny way you said about the Annie Armstrong. <laughs> All our non Southern <laughs> Baptist it's, listeners, it's, it's a huge mission uh, it's drive for us. True, yeah. though. Like, it's I, so like true. He's saying that. Like, I remember feeling the same way and thinking the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, you know, and I, it's funny. I remember like wanting to be on a podcast, you know, like, you know, like there's this, Ooh. there's this prideful part of you. Yeah. Like, and like, what's great about church planning is that it really humbles you. Mm, like I've actually absolutely. like church planning in this, this whole journey is like really helped me grow yeah. as a follower of Jesus because it's made me realize like that I really am nothing. That's like John right. 55, yeah. apart from me, you can do nothing that I'm not special. I'm not the greatest gift to church, the church planning yeah. world, you know, and right. that's been the best thing that's ever happened to me, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
It's so funny. I, I think it's helped me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go I ahead. Say, I, th- I think it's helped me as as just friendships with other church planters are developing across our city. Absolutely. Um, and as they're getting ready to launch churches, just to share that kind of stuff with them, like, man, yeah. prepare yourself emotionally and your family and your team. Um, you're not awesome, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, hey, that's, that's what it is. It's so funny. The um, you know, like the 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 uh, grand opening you know is like the the pictures planners post it's like in the panoramic view sure and it's like look at this crowd you know and then the next sunday it's like the portrait view (laughs) (laughs) just like one worship the next sunday it's just the the worship leader such good worship today we don't want to show you the seats but they were worshiping those 13 people were really getting down they were yeah (laughs) we had the one lady that kept coming and dancing in front of everybody no man it's so good well Aaron, kind of dig in a little bit deeper for our listeners maybe just give them one or two things that come to your mind and heart first where you say, um, you know, man, I just, I did not know it was going to be this difficult. Maybe it's something with relationships, team. What, what are those one or two lessons that you learned pretty quickly? Yeah, I think, uh, I think for us, what, what we've really learned is that, uh, you need, you need to play the long game in church planting. Mm, such a good um, word. So, so we all really want to go fast uh, yeah. when we really need to be concerned about going far. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we want our churches to grow fast. We want to fill up a, a high school gymnasium fast. We yeah. want to do all these things fast. And I think for us, it, it's just we we have learned um, that relationships take time. Yeah, development takes time. Discipleship takes time. Um, mm. Trust in the community takes a lot of time. And so, you know, we got to be thinking beyond two and three years and we need to be thinking 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah. Um, and are we going to plant our lives in this community, whether or not you know, we need to go get second jobs, whether we need to take full-time jobs, whether our spouses need to work. Yeah. Um, we really need to weigh that out in church planting. Um, cause if God's really called us to these communities to start these works, uh, to grow his kingdom, uh, then we got to stay planted and do these things. Yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, that's just something I just don't think, I don't feel like we talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and, that has just been an eye opener for us. Mm. Um, just play that long game and, and plan yeah. on going far and don't worry about going fast. Man, that's such a good uh, word for our, for our listeners to hear. Yep. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Do, do church planners struggle with that, Jared? What do you think? Do you... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, they do. yeah. I, I think it kind of ties back into the expectations that Aaron was just talking about as well. Right. Like yeah, we yeah. also have an expectation that things are going to go fast. Yeah. And I think that, like that's a mindset that's just been that's kind of settled like a fog over the church in North oh, America sure. because even yeah. our support is tied to it, right? This whole structure sure. of like, you know, churches saying, Okay, we'll support you for three years and then you're on your own. Yeah. Like that's all a product of this because it 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 what it used to be when back when um, Christianity was still largely cultural when when I think we were still in the midst of Christendom, maybe mm-hmm. even like in the nineties and and even as early as the early 2000s, you could you could throw up a church sign and, you know, put out some mailers and you could probably, you know, grow your church to self-sustaining pretty quickly right. and you could speed the process up. But we're entering a day now where that's just not going to happen anymore. And, and I honestly, I think it's for the better because I think yeah. if you try to microwave church plants, I yeah. just think that you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. Um, and we want to see healthy, sustainable churches that are going to produce legitimate fruit that's going mm-hmm. to last for the long term. That's such a good word. Where I mean, you're on the front lines, man. We God uh, 
led us to start this podcast for for guys that are in the trenches like you, man. And so, yeah. you know, you're you're um, you're there in the front lines. Columbus is by no means the Bible Belt, and no. um, <laughs> so you know you you're 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 engaged there. You're working there. I liked when we talk to guys that are on the front lines, man. I love to talk about team. You know, and, and and how you see the value of team. I, I personally, Jerry would agree with this. You know, we've talked about it lots, but we personally believe that the landscape of church planning is going to significantly shift and change over the next decade. And right. for me personally, I believe that you alluded to it earlier. The planner needs to ask the question: um, What does it look like for my wife to work, for me to work? What what other skills do I have? You know, yeah. so how is that impacting you and, and your team as you guys think towards the future of of co-vocationalism, you know, doing something in the marketplace and and that 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 uh, traditional divide where it's not existing in the future moving forward? Maybe speak into that a little bit. Yeah. So I think this reality really just hit us a couple months ago for the first time, um, you know, when a lot of our financial support teared down, you know, yeah. so so part of our uh, finances come from outside sources and other generous churches um, that have bought into our vision, what we're doing. And, and we had that first tear down um, this year. And that's kind of where you, you start to look at the budget numbers and you're like, man, if, unless something big happens in six, nine months, this is yeah. going to be a conversation we have to start having. Hmm. Um, but you kind of look at the landscape of our leadership, you know, like our kids ministry director, she works a full-time job. She's in staffing for a large uh, corporation. Yeah. Um, like our, our first impressions folks, um, they're physical therapists. Um, so we have two full-time staff right now. Um, but like, like my worship guy, um, he's a welder. And so before he was in ministry, he built fire trucks for a living. And so oh, he wow. owns his own. Yeah. So he owns his own shop. Um, Man, so cool. at any point, if he needs to step back into that, um, he has the resources available to him. And so even personally, um, like I'm getting ready to start my certification in personal training, um, you know, just, just to begin to think down that road of yeah. we're called to this, um, we're going to stick with this and we're going to do whatever it takes in order to make sure that we can stay here. And so even, even my wife, you know, as, as my kids uh, get a little bit older and my youngest is going to be in school in a couple of years, you yeah. know, she's starting to just explore like, what could I do mm. uh, while the kids are in school just to, to help us financially um, so that we don't have to leave, you know, and we can continue to do what God has called us to do. And so wow. it's just a, a huge part of the conversation for us right now. Yeah, that's so. a, that's amazing, man. Yeah, I saw those guns in in Lebanon, man. Those muscles in in Urban Come Crest. On, man. You're sporting that's them right. today too. They look a lot like mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, right. Man. So I, I love that, Aaron, Me too. because I man, I can't. I think probably I don't. I don't. I mean, most likely the number one reason that church plants close. That's right is because of finances, right? That's why I don't do a budget. I don't even want to know. (laughs) Right? Yeah, Matt's not not the one to go to for financial (laughs) advice. Um, Neither am I for that. Yeah, neither one of us. For that matter. But we have people in the network that do that stuff. We would be... You might describe us as free spenders. Yeah, I'm a free spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a free spirit, man. Yeah. Um, Make love, not war, man. Okay. All right. I'm going to derail us. Go on, go on, brother. Well, it's just, you know, uh, that the number one reason the church plants close is because of finances. But with right. when you take on that mindset that like, OK, we're here yeah. for the long game and like right. we're going to do whatever it takes, you know, so if that looks like I need to get a job, you know, like that's how you have long uh, term sustaining works that are going to produce yeah. fruit. And I do right. think that, again, like especially when you're in harder places, you know, mm-hmm. in the South, 
a little bit easier right now still, although it's getting harder down there. But when you're in a place like Toronto, you're in a place like Columbus, like you've got to be in it for the long game because like sometimes it's going to take years and years of sowing seed in the harvest and of cultivating that soil before you really begin to see a harvest come in. And, and ultimately like Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. We don't have control over, we can't, we can't control the growth of a church. We have zero control over that. And so we, we can't be dependent on a formula. We've got to be prepared to plan our lives there long-term and which is why, you know, like we keep having the team conversation yeah. and the co-vocational conversation. It's so important. And so it's just really good to, to hear you say that. I think it's a great example, too, of like, you know, right now you're being supported full time, but you're not at a place where it's like, hey, you know what? If that's what it takes, if we get to a point where I've got to go get a job, then that's what I'll do. And yeah. I think we need more of that. Yeah. I think what's interesting too, and I'm sure Toronto is similar. Uh, I know Columbus, we always say that it's highly religious and it's highly suspicious of the mm. church. Um, and so even currently, even though I'm full-time, like I still do some side work for like cleaning companies and do a little stuff on Amazon. And so even if, if as I'm engaging people in the community and they ask what I do for a living, typically I don't lead off with the pastor card. Uh, yeah. Typically I lead off with, oh man, I actually work for a cleaning company and I pastor a church. And that for some reason seems to just bring a little bit more credibility to the table mm. and helps build that trust relationship with people. And so I think as we move towards a more suspicious culture of the church and a more pro- post-Christian culture, um, that as pastors, having that co-vocational mindset and life is going to help bring credibility to our conversations that we're having with people. That's so good, man. Like, you know, you talked about budgets in all seriousness. I mean, we do have people that watch those things, but, um, I think it's not me, but, um, I think like, uh, Jeff, Jeff Christopherson wrote an article this past Monday on Christianity. That was really good. And he talked about this and it's, it's, he's been talking a lot about it lately, but the, the idea of like funding, uh, vocationally, maybe like an apostolic type multiplier where, you know, um, the, you're funding that you're funding that guy, and his family who is going to drive the multiplication movement. And, um, you know, that was interesting to me. Uh, but, but I think about, you know, like as you build out a team, the, if you look at your budget, every church's budgets, the, the biggest chunk of your budget goes to personnel. Right. And so if, if, and so the question that we always get is, you know, um, how far are you, how far is this church from self-sustainability? How far is that church from self-sustainability? And we almost have to change, I think, what we're calling self-sustainability. Mm. If self-sustainability is paying a guy, you know, here at least, you know, sixty to sixty-five thousand dollars annually, and paying on your bills and having multi-staff, I don't know if there's any churches, or very few in our tribe that are really getting to that. You don't to wanna, that party. You don't want to know what you have to make in Washington D.C. If yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so like, I, but I think if you're saying if you change the conversation to self sustainability is we're sending mission teams. You know, we're we're helping start churches. We're able to pay our rent. We're able to you know to give to a multiplication movement. I think that's a different story. I think that's what we got to work towards. You know, I honestly believe that. If we want to see movement across difficult places like Columbus, we have to shift the way we think. You know, we just have to. You know, so right now we're in the process of transitioning away, uh, my wife and I, from Toronto to Washington, D.C. We planted a church here on the East End, and we're handing the church off to three elders that we've Mm -hmm. raised up. 
Um, and they're all, one of them's bivocational. Um, well, actually not even yet. Like he's not even getting paid anything. We think we're going to pay him a little bit, but not much. Yeah. And then the other two guys are lay elders and they're leading. Mm-hmm. Um, the overhead, like, and I'm, you know, I'm not like shy about, you know, sharing specifics, like the overhead for our church, like we could continue throughout the entire year on $25,000 yeah. annual. Like wow. we could continue to do what we're doing now. I mean, we want to do more than that because we want to give sure, more sure. and we want to do more outreach, but mm-hmm. we could continue to do what we're doing and worship together as a church for 25,000 Canadian dollars yeah. annually, which is going to be about like 18,000 us dollars. Yeah. Like it can be done. Like it, yeah. we don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to plant churches. Yeah. Uh, like the biggest portion of our church's budget was my salary and that's right. going away as I leave. And the only mm-hmm. reason that I wasn't working by vocationally here is because I couldn't because of my visa. I, yeah. I, I could only make money, quote unquote, from the church yeah. uh, in the eyes of the government. Right. So it, it can definitely be done. And and like, that's what I love about what's going to happen with our church in the future is that we're, you know, we're handing off to a team of elders yeah. who are lay slash bivocationally led. And like, I think they're in a great position to last for the long haul, even in a hard place Absolutely. where it's tough to get, yeah. quote unquote, numbers in your church up here. Yeah. Right. They're significant. Right. They're significantly going to see a dent, you know. That's going to fl- not when your tattoo budget goes away. I felt like Joshua. <laughs> I've got one tattoo since I've been here. All right. oh, man. One I'm tattoo. Just, I'm, just with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Oh man. Well, Aaron, you're in Columbus, man. I, yep. I know we got to start to wrap up here, but um, you're in Columbus. What are you guys doing anything at the university? Are you are do you see any inroads there? I know that's. Yeah, not us personally, um, but we have we have some folks from our our tribe and several other churches that have you know uh, planted churches there, campus ministries. Um, one that we're associated with is H two O Church. So yeah. Multiplied their yeah, second yeah, yeah. location, um, second location like maybe a year and a half ago. Um, yeah. So they have a, a campus church and then now what they call a city location as well, where they're reaching folks that live right around Ohio State's campus. H two O Church, man, that's so cool. Yeah. So they're doing awesome. Yeah. Uh, so us personally, no. That. Yeah, but uh, not us personally. But you know, we're still thirty minutes away yeah. from campus, thirty-five minutes away. But yeah. Hey, so let awesome. me ask you, kind of, as we as we wrap up, I want to ask you one more question. What's been the best part about planning a church thus mm. far for you, man? So I feel like almost every day we see the Lord come through in just yeah, incredible amen. ways. It's so like I I knew what it meant to trust Jesus before I planted a church. Mm. Um, but now I feel like I'm really learning what it means to trust Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, just seeing him come through in just unbelievable ways. Yeah. Um, you know, one of our, our kind of fun stories that we like to tell is we were like three months away from having our very first preview service and we had nowhere to meet. Mm. And uh, so we kind of expanded our circle out a little bit and just calling schools and libraries and YMCAs, just trying to find a place and really just starting to question the Lord, like, all right, God, are you going to do this? Or are we yeah. just going to have to push things back? And uh, we found a random middle school uh, that we called up. Principal said, hey, call the janitor. He'll he'll let you know uh, if you can meet here or not. It's his decision. Called him up. He said, come meet with me. And uh, we walk in the door. We shook his hand. And he said, tell me about your church. So I took about 60 seconds and told him. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I grew up the son of a Baptist preacher. 
Wow. And he said, I've been praying for four years that God would put a church in this school. Wow. Praise he said, the this Lord. Is, he said, this is the answer to my prayer. Wow. And so, but we just feel like we see stuff like that all wow. the time. Man, God is where so the good. Lord is just like, just trust me. I know what yes. I'm doing yep. um, and, and I'm going to get this thing going. Mm-hmm. You, you just need to be faithful and be obedient. Yeah. And so man. that's it, man. That's awesome. it. So good. That. Yeah. God's glory. That's Amen. It's Amen. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, hey, Aaron, man, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time yeah, to, to come on to In the Trenches today and share a little bit of your story and just testify about God's yeah, goodness and uh, what he's doing there at Living Absolutely. Hope Church in Columbus. Uh, man, it's awesome. And uh, and we're, we're just going to be praying for you and praying yeah. that God multiplies uh, what he's already begun there. Amen. Appreciate that, man. Thanks so much for this. God's yeah. using you guys in great ways, brother. Stay, st- keep your hands on the plow. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Hey, we want to thank you guys, our listeners, for listening to this week's episode of In the Trenches. Uh, As always, head over to www.getinthetrenches.com, and there you can find links to all of our other episodes. Uh, And if you have questions for myself or Matt, you can always, there's a contact form on there. You can uh, just email us any questions or comments you've got, and we love hearing from our listeners, and so we'd be happy to help you out in any way we can and email you back. Um, we are going to be back next week with another episode of in the trenches. So if you want that episode to come just straight to your iPhone or straight into your iTunes, then make sure you jump onto iTunes or Google play or stitcher, whatever you use to listen to the podcast and hit that subscribe button. If you haven't done that yet, uh, and that'll help also just increase, uh, the awareness so that when people search for church planning podcasts, they will find ours. And yes. we think we're a pretty good church planning podcast. I mean, Not we're, bad. we're all right. So we Not try, bad. we try our best. So if you like it and you want other people to listen to it, then please go hit that subscribe button. And that would really help us out. Uh, we're going to be back next Monday with another episode of in the trenches. So until then go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Yeah.